Our gospel lesson for this morning comes from Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. Would you remain standing in either body or spirit as we hear the words of the gospel? Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what he was saying. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks. And so she came to him and asked, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Let us go to God in prayer. God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing to you. Amen. In 2006, a very important film was released. This film was the pinnacle of American cinema. It premiered where all critically acclaimed films do, on Disney Channel. The film I'm talking about is High School Musical. Now, is it a good idea to reference a kid's movie that came out 15 years ago in a sermon? Probably not. But I wasn't a pastor then. I was 11 years old. I was just trying to survive the mile in gym class. So I'm talking about it now. High School Musical was huge in my sixth grade world. I knew all the lyrics. I knew the dance moves. Last year, during the stay-at-home order, I decided to seek refuge from the anxiety of the pandemic by watching High School Musical for the first time as an adult. By the power of nostalgia and Disney Plus, I was transported back to the world of East High. While enjoying the corny jokes and catchy songs, I picked up on something I hadn't noticed before. There are two main women characters in High School Musical. Sharpay. Sharpay is a great singer and performer. She's over the top. She loves pink. She's ambitious. She is maybe a little full of herself, but she knows that's what it takes to succeed in show business. On the other hand, we have Gabriella. Gabriella is more reserved. She's really into biology and other sciences. 
She's dedicated to the academic decathlon team. Gabriella is a good singer and performer like Sharpay, but in a more subtle way. Now, on paper, I feel like these girls should be friends. They know themselves, they are confident, they are similar, but different enough to be interesting and help each other grow. However, in the movie, they are not friends. They are pitted against each other. Gabriella is upheld as a good girl, and Sharpay is portrayed as the villain. Gabriella and Sharpay are human beings. Like all of us, they have gifts and flaws. They have areas of strength and areas of growth. There are things they could definitely learn from each other. But instead of offering a nuanced look at both of these young women, the movie reduces Gabriella to good and Sharpay to bad. High School Musical is not the first movie to position starring women characters against each other. We see a similar dynamic between Rizzo and Sandy in Greece, Jess and Juliet in Bend It Like Beckham, and Kit and Dottie in A League of Their Own. This trope of viewing women characters as enemies is so pervasive in our culture, it can seep into how we interpret scripture. For example, in today's text, it's easy for me to see Martha as bad and Mary as good. I have even been told by a well-intentioned person to be a Mary, not a Martha. But I don't think the story is that simple. To gain a deeper understanding of Mary and Martha's story, we have to look at their context. In this time and culture, hospitality was important. Welcoming friends, family, and even strangers into your home was a source of pride. Rooms were swept and dusted. Plenty of food was prepared and the best wine was poured. As women, Mary and Martha would have been trained from birth to be gracious hosts. They were well-versed in how to welcome itinerant rabbis like Jesus. But Jesus was not just another rabbi. Mary and Martha were his disciples. They financially supported his ministry. For them, there was no more important guest. Poor Martha. The redeemer of the world is in her home, and all she wants is to make him a nice dinner. According to her culture, she's doing exactly the right thing. She is behaving the way she was raised to behave. In her eyes and in the eyes of her culture, Mary is the one who is breaking the rules. 
It's important to remember that in this time, women were not taught their own religious texts. In fact, there was a saying that it was better to burn the Holy Scriptures than to put them into the hands of a woman. In their culture, it was a common practice for men to thank God every day that they weren't born a slave, a Gentile, or a woman. So for Mary to sit at Jesus' feet and learn from him, like the students of the great rabbis did, was a major scandal. When Martha points out to Jesus, hey, Mary's breaking the rules. She's not helping me like she's supposed to. She is expecting Jesus to reprimand Mary. However, Jesus doesn't reprimand Mary. He does not tell her to return to the kitchen. What Jesus does is perhaps the most shocking part of the story. Jesus disobeys centuries of gender roles by telling Mary that she is doing the right thing. As if that wasn't enough, Jesus takes it one step further and invites Martha to join them. By inviting Mary and Martha to sit at his feet and learn from him, Jesus changes their lives. Mary and Martha have been taught that their value comes from fulfilling their traditional roles. They have been trained to serve men. They have been taught that their only purpose is in the work that they do. But when he invites Mary and Martha to sit at his feet and learn from him, Jesus is communicating to everyone there that Mary and Martha are more than maids and cooks. They are more than the constraints placed on them because of their gender. They are children of God who have every right to sit and learn at Jesus' feet. Jesus' actions tell Mary and Martha that their value does not come from their work or their gender. Their value comes from being God's beloved and followers of Christ. Through a simple invitation, Jesus is liberating Mary and Martha from the harmful roles that their society has assigned to them. Jesus is showing them that his promise of abundant life is possible for everyone. Jesus says in the Gospel of John, I have come so they may have life and have it abundantly. In his liberating of Mary and Martha, by allowing them to sit at his feet, Jesus is doing exactly that. Jesus is putting his promise of abundant life into action. Jesus's liberating and life-giving action does not stop with Mary and Martha. Jesus continues to free us for abundant life today. By the power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus calls us to break down the barriers that keep us and our neighbors from experiencing the abundant life that God intends for us. So what keeps us from experiencing abundant life? What stops us 
from living into the fullness of who God created us to be. Not having our basic physical needs met, like being unsafe at home, not having food to eat, lacking adequate medical care, all keep many of us from experiencing abundant life. For myself, I think that I am a lot like Martha. The expectations and pressures assigned to me by other people and by our society prevent me from sitting at Jesus' feet, learning and growing into who God created me to be. I'll yell in my ear all the things that I should be, drowning out God's call. But when I am able to shut out the voices of the world, I am left with God's encouraging whisper, reminding me that I am already worthy and beloved, just as I am. I am invited to sit at Jesus' feet, and so are you. My prayer for you this week is that you can see what hinders yourself and those around you from abundant life. Maybe it is harm caused by unjust systems. Maybe it is resentment or guilt festering in your heart. Maybe it's a relationship in need of healing. No matter what is keeping you or your neighbor from living into the wholeness that God wants for us all, Jesus offers liberation. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. I hope that you experience freedom from the forces that trap you, preventing you from experiencing abundant life. I pray you find ways to cultivate liberation for others. I pray that you experience the voice of Jesus reminding you what is needful and that it will not be taken away from you. Amen.